Blog Talk Radio. Well, that's the crystal ball intro music. I guess we're forecasting the future today. Uh, hello, everyone. It's Mark <laughs> Spence, and this is Michael, uh, and I'm here with my uh, with my uh, co-host who didn't wasn't on last week. So, Robin, it's been a couple weeks. Good to good to have you here. How are you doing this week? It is uh, it is delightful to be back, and uh, I'm doing good. I'm uh, I feel like I've got one eye monitoring, you know, coronavirus, and the other eye monitoring the stock market and I'm uh, I could use that crystal ball, I guess. Uh, no kidding. Um, I know it's, it's amazing how much the view of the world has changed since the last time you and I did a show. It's, it's most, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We're going to, we're going to do a bit of a show about that tomorrow. So we'll save that conversation, but yeah, it's really crazy. That's right. um, and, 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 but on a brighter spot, I saw you were out on your boat this weekend. Yes. It was lovely, you know, and uh, as you know, living living in the South, we get to um, kind of do some things year-round that our friends that live in the Midwest or further north um, don't get to do for a couple of months. So I was kind of yep. taunting so, my my Midwestern <laughs> coworkers with, you know, visions of me on the boat. So, yeah. Gives, gives those folks up in Milwaukee uh, something to groan about. Yeah. So speaking of That's living right. in the South, our guest today is Craig Masters, And Craig and I uh, kind of lived near each other when, when I was living in Atlanta. We were talking about that in the pre-show. Craig, thanks for joining us today on uh, on Drive3HR. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing terrific, Michael. And thank you and Robin for having me. Excited to yeah. get a chance to chat with you guys and your audience. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, you, you have an interesting topic, and we'll get into that in a second. But before we before we start talking about stuck and unstuck, why don't you, uh, for for our listeners and folks who will download the show and listen, you know, over the next few weeks, why don't you introduce yeah. yourself, Craig, and tell us, you know, who you are and what you do these days, and then we'll get into sort of the the topic of stuck. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. I, um, yeah, Craig Masters. I'm a CEO of a company called GXG. Um, as you said, Michael, headquartered here in Atlanta. Uh, been in Atlanta personally for about 25 years now. Um, been doing GXG for about three and a half years. Um, my background is super simple, actually, because I worked for the same big company for 27 years, uh, which is a little bit unusual these, these days. Uh, but as I tell people all the time, especially when I speak to, to groups now, that I, I, and I mean it, I had the best big company job you could ever have. I had a great uh, mid-cap public company, got to be CEO the last 11 years I was with the organization, or if you have any public company folks listening in, that would be 44 quarters. <laughs> um, so I, I just, um, and I, and I had a blast. I, I just got to do some of, the, some of the most fun I've ever had. I had a great group of people, wonderful board and did a bit of an odd thing at 55. I decided to, um, tell the board I was going to go do some other things. And that's how I ended up at GXG. And then personally, like I said, I've been in Atlanta for 25 years. Um, my wife is a, uh, radiologist, lifelong doctor and, uh, four terrific kids, three that are out of college and, and gamefully employed, and one junior in high school, which we're doing the, the our last of our college uh, visits mm-hmm. right now. So we're, we're getting to the end of that train, light at the end of the tunnel there. But, uh, yeah, just blessed. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible family and, and wonderful people to work with. 
Well, that, that, thanks for the thanks for the great update. Yeah. And, uh, good luck on the college visits. I'm mm. uh, I'm a grandparent, so I don't have those responsibilities anymore. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. it's important stuff. Um, yeah, so, Craig, absolutely. when when uh, when your when your folks reached out to me um, about about the idea of doing this show, I really was fascinated by that. I mean, it's it's it sounds really simple, but I really was fascinated by the yeah. idea. That you do some um, some that you've been doing work around for the last two or three years, and that is the mm-hmm. idea of being stuck at work, which I think is um, you in the previous you kind of said it resonated with some. I think that's something that happens to everybody, whether it's at work or in life, you know, You're many right. many right. times, right? So I was really fascinated by the idea of how you break that because that's tough sometimes. So tell us about what the definition of being stuck and how you know. And then, and then getting unstuck. Let's start with that, and then we'll have some other questions sure. that Robert and I will throw at you. Yeah, and, you know, first of all, I use really simple terminology. Again, I'm an operator by training. I ran divisions and ultimately a big company, and so that my, my perspective, I think, is, is hopefully important, and it is an operator perspective. I didn't come up to the academic world, the consulting world, so I tend to use pretty simple terms, and, and, and so what struck me when I ran a big company is that I got stuck a lot, and the way I define it is typically happens when we move away from our core business, our true core, and we try to do new stuff. It's another technical term, right? And people call them adjacencies or whatever, Uh, but it's just new stuff. And what I found was, if we were really honest about it, um, it's hard. It's really hard. And we tend to get stuck. And I really define stuck as, as, as not What it's not is trying. We are trying, um, but it tends to be we're just not moving fast enough. And, you know, overarching that, the other thing that bothered me running a public company especially is, if you think about the expectation line of all of us, and this is really true for private companies as well. And and if you picture, I call it the expectation line. So if you picture a line of a graph on time and money, (laughs) that graph, that line is going up and pretty steep slope, and it's perfectly linear. And so I would argue that just that alone makes leadership pretty hard because that's a very unrealistic goal, and that is the goal, whether, again, it's an investor or a shareholder or even a a family enterprise. That tends to be the the barometer. So by definition, we're going to get stuck because we're not going to make that perfect linear growth. So the question for me became, well, what do we do when we get stuck? And that sort of became my life work as a public company, as a company CEO, and then and really why I did GXG is, wow, if we had a little bit of a secret sauce of how to get unstuck, that would be pretty fun to share with people. And, and that's really what we're doing. So, so tell us generally what, you know, what getting unstuck looks like, I guess. And then, and then. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I go back to, sort of the stuck concept. And again, it's not that I'm not making progress. I'm just not moving at the right speed. And if you buy into that, and if you buy into, it's typically when we're moving outside of our core. And again, I would argue that if, if you're stuck within your core of your business, there's probably other issues. Okay? It's not really what we deal with. But as soon as we take that leap out of our core, um, that's when it gets really hard. So for me, I, I sort of analyzed when it happened at Assurance, the company that I ran, 
you know, what are, what are our alternatives as a leader? And I would say there's only two traditionally that we do. Number one is we try to get unstuck internally, meaning we take our leadership team or whatever group of people, we get in a room and we just work furiously at getting unstuck and solving it, if we know what that destination is. So let's say we're in the computer business and all of a sudden we want to be in the coffee business. I'm making it up. But we get in a room and we just try to figure out how to make coffee. Um, that's really hard, and it tends to not work when we do it internally. Um, I would even suggest, at least is what we did, we get pretty frustrated with each other. And it ends up being a pretty contentious environment because we're not getting unstuck. We're not really making a lot of progress. And then the second thing we tend to do, and this is what I did is in my company, we would then go to the external sort of traditional consulting group. So we would hire one of the big three, four, five consulting firms. You know, in my case, we paid millions of dollars a year for that service. And it was helpful. We got a lot of information. But I typically found that we really weren't getting um, unstuck. And so what I landed on was a simple formula. There was really one thing missing in both of those scenarios. And it's, it's this thing I call this wisdom formula. Super simple. W equals K times E. The K and the E are simply knowledge and experience that it really is this unique intersection of both knowledge and experience that I would define as wisdom, that somehow if we interject wisdom into that conversation, literally sitting at the table, then we could get unstuck a lot faster than those other two methodologies. And so that's how I would define unstuck is introduce wisdom into the equation in the right facilitated format, hopefully, and the speed at which you get to that destination is, is pretty dramatic. And again, I want to be careful. I've done this for three years. We've done this work across 12 industries and probably 100 different types of stuck issues. And it's worked. So it's a pretty big body of work, but it is three years. But it, and that's why I land on that was the, that was the secret sauce to, to get unstuck. So I've, I've certainly sat in those meetings where um <laughs> as i've seen you call it it's it's people running around in circles um yeah. Yeah. so so what are those what are the symptoms of yeah. being stuck you know how do you know when you're stuck and you know what what does that look like yeah i, I love what you said robin because actually draw the picture which is harder to do in this format but yeah. but let me let me draw it for you hopefully and because i call it the circle of stuck and <laughs> i flight tested this in literally hundreds and hundreds of sort of c-suite conversations um uh, the last three years and the circle of stuck looks like this we're going to again we're going to work outside of our core and go create something new so what and i'll ask you guys this i mean you're both operators and they're running really cool stuff what, what's the first thing we do when we go down that path I mean, the very first thing we do we just, we go grab a bunch of people and we have a meeting, right? I mean, that's yeah. pretty straightforward. So we, have, so we have a meeting. Nothing wrong with that. But after the meeting, then what we typically do is we do an email and we summarize what happened in the meeting. Again, so far, so good. Nothing wrong with that. We had lots of ideas, probably lots of stuff on a whiteboard. And then after we do the email, we do a really bizarre thing that, that culturally has caught on around here. We start to carbon copy a lot of people on the email. Again, I don't know if that happens in mm. your organizations, but mm -hmm. a lot of companies have really perfected this. And my record, as I tell this story, my record number from the CEO, this happened actually very recently, 
he told me that he had this sort of this whole circle of stuff was resonating with him. He goes, wait a minute, I just had an email that had 370 carbon copies on it. Oh Lord! So that, that's that's my record so far. Um, but it's a real thing, and so we feel better somehow because we've carbon copied a lot of people on an email that summarized a meeting. And then what tends to happen, this can be within days, weeks, or months sometimes, because we really haven't gotten unstuck, so we really haven't moved the needle to break out of this or create this new thing, so what do we do next, right? We have another meeting. So we go back into the meeting room, and then we start to repeat this cycle. And then at some point, somebody raised their hand and said, hey, we have to get some ideation consultants in here. We need to get some sort of think tank going. Maybe we do design thinking. Again, I'm not being critical. There's nothing wrong with those exercises, right? But we tend to finish those, and then we do the email, and then we try to copy people. So you start to see the circle build. And then the last thing usually in this chain is we tend to then get so frustrated that then we're willing to go pay, in some cases, millions of dollars for outside consultants. And again, yeah. nothing wrong with that. A lot of my friends run the big consulting firms, and there's nothing wrong with it. But what I found after doing that for 11 years, that big deck that I got at the end of that exercise was awesome information, probably confirming that directionally I was correct, but it didn't help me get unstuck. And, and so that's, I mean, I guess, Robin, to, to, to say, you know, how do I see it? What I typically can do is if I, and I like to draw on people's whiteboards in their office, if I draw that picture, almost inevitably the folks in the room are getting up and taking the marker out of my hand and going, this is me right here, right? How, yeah. do, we, how do we break this circle of stock? And, and, and again, that's, those are the symptoms that I see. It, it, it's, you know, there's other sort of um, um, kind of bizarre things, but I think, I think email is a good one. I think analyzing meetings within companies, like what are we actually doing? And then at the end of the day, I'm an output-based person. So what is the output of all this stuff we've done? And if you're really honest about it, we really have an inch closer to that goal line, which is the new stuff we're trying to create. So right. that, that's how I know it's sort of happening. And, and it's been fun actually to talk about it when I talk to groups especially. Um, a lot of heads nod, a lot of people smile and going, it's me. And the reason I know that is I, when I tell these stories, this was, this was me. I mean, I'm not picking on anybody. This is how I did stuff until I bumped into this wisdom-based methodology. And one of the, so, uh, one it, of the aspects of that that I, that I found fascinating as, as I was reading uh, mm -hmm. some of the things you've put out and prep for the show was, um, so I'm picturing this whiteboard. We've all done that whiteboard and we've all taken yeah. that whiteboard translated into an email is that whiteboard or that conversation is full of uh, we sound good, we think we sound good because it's full of buzzwords and you yeah. know we're tossing out, you know, whatever disrupt, AI That's right. Transformation. go to the cloud, whatever um, so there's a there's a, I, 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 just, I see this happening Absolutely. Yeah, and again, I'm not. I'm really not being critical because it, it happened to me. And, and and this is where I want to be very clear with people. Being stuck is is really not a criticism because it doesn't mean we're not trying. That's actually a lot of work. I mean, I've I've done yeah. this with people, and they're working, you know, 60, 70, 80, who knows how many hours a week furiously. And so, really, why I did GXG was my passion became. We figured out this little secret sauce, this little wisdom-based methodology that, that just completely annihilates that whole circle of struck. So i got to go share that with people. It's really why I'm doing this because it frustrated me. I mean, I sat in that chair a long time, and, and i got to tell you that these jobs are hard. 
They're really hard. Yeah. When we're trying to get outside of our core, it is not easy. Most people think it is, and it's not. And you know, I just think if we could offer this little piece of wisdom ourselves on how to break this chain, the relief people have. I mean, I, and I, I think after three years of doing this, I can see almost instantly, particularly if I meet a new CEO or C-suite person for the first time, usually within the first 10 minutes, I can see that look in their eye because I had it. I know what stuff looks like now, and it's not mm-hmm. fun. It's not fun. Uh, so, so great, great conversation so far, Craig. I want to do a quick reset uh, in case people join the show live. Uh, this is sure. Michael and Robin. We're we're speaking today with Craig Lemasters. Craig is with GXG, the consultant that works on the the uh, rather simplistic sounding but very complicated issue of helping people go from being stuck at work to unstuck. And um, Craig. Um, we talked a little bit about this already, but I want to come back to this mm-hmm. question now that you've defined the, the circle of stuck. I'm trying to figure out if there's like a, a tunnel of unstuck or if you have another part of the model. <laughs> uh, the, the, I got the knowledge and the, the experience, but how do, how, do, how do our listeners apply that in their own workplace? I mean, what can, they, what can you share with them in terms of steps they can take, you know, if you're not there to lead it on getting unstuck? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I'm really happy you brought that up, Michael, because this is not about, I mean, anybody can do this. I think we have at GXG obviously built a methodology to do it efficiently, but I love the topic because anybody can do it. Number, step number one is, first of all, have the humility to admit that you're stuck. Sounds super simple, but the biggest inhibitor for our business model is when people either insist they're not stuck or they figured out how to get unstuck on their own. So if we have the humility to admit that, that's number one. I just have um, a quick question there, Craig. Yeah. Um, is that it? Is that specifically the, the responsibility of kind of the team leader or is that kind of responsibility of the group? I mean, it, you know, when you're, you're talking about all the, the, the carbon copies, which I hadn't even thought of CC meaning carbon copy for a long time. You know, yeah. how do you break that group? I guess, you know, is, is it a leader's responsibility or is it the group's responsibility? I'm not sure. I, I think it's both, but I tend to pick on the leader because, again, that was the chair that I sat in for so long. Gotcha. A big company work life. And I love these conversations, quite frankly. I love nothing more than to meet a CEO for the first time and sort of start talking about this business model and what we do. And, and I love it when I get the reaction. I was, well, we're not, you know, we're not stuck. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but we're not stuck. And then what's fun is when I start drawing the circle of stuck and we start actually drawing a little bit of the business model on the whiteboard, I've never, I've had one CEO in three years, and this is literally hundreds and hundreds of conversations, finished at 20, I mean, 20 minute cups of coffee. I've, I've only had one CEO in three years that has literally finished and said, I'm still not stuck. So hundreds and hundreds of motors said, now I get it. And you know what? We're not just stuck on one thing. Where do I start? Right? Because what, what, what happens, again, back to the humility, this is not trying to humiliate people and say you're not smart enough to to get unstuck. It's just saying because you've done so well usually in your core business, that is your swim lane of wisdom. And I would argue we all have swim lanes of wisdom. That's knowledge and experience. So once Mm -hmm. we step out of that, what's wrong with being humble and saying, hey, I'm in the computer business. Now I'm going to be in the coffee business, and I don't have a lot of knowledge and experience in coffee. That's all it is. That's step number one is just have the humility to admit that. Number two is 
is, and we do a lot of work around defining the, defin the, the, the destination. I call it point A to point B. Again, let's not use a bunch. I love what you said earlier, Rob. I'm not a buzzword sound yeah. fan. Let's just call it point B. Okay, we're at A. we got to get to B. And it's shocking to me how many companies really struggle with this. I mean, we really struggle. And what we tend to do, and see if this sounds familiar, is that we kind of know what B is, but B now consists of like 30 things. Like, you know, I'm trying to get an organization, oh, we want to go to door A or to door B. And, and by the way, it has like 12 component parts to it. I'm like, well, that's super confusing. I mean, you can't even explain it. How do you expect your employees and associates mm -hmm. to go act on this? So we spend a lot of time defining definition. And then the third thing that's just incredibly rich and I think a lot of fun, and again, if people have the humility to go through it, is once we've decided B is where we're going and have a lot of clarity around that, once we know what that is, then let's identify what are the wisdom gaps that exist today on the team and in my organization to get there. That's all. And we use what we call learning ecosystem methodology to you picked your traditional ecosystem. So we put point B in the middle, and then we break it down. If you picture the bubbles of an ecosystem, those are just the really important pieces of knowledge and experience that we have to have to get us to point B. And, and what's fun is if, if you're just, again, humble and honest about it, there's usually two or three pretty big gaps for us to get there, right? And that, that's, that's the process. And, and, again, anybody can do that. Just go to your workboard or take out a piece of paper and say, first of all, do we have clarity to be? How do I know I have clarity? Walk out of your office and go explain it to somebody that doesn't work on strategy every day. And they will tell you. It's not that hard. <laughs> Most of them will look at you like a deer in the headlights going, I have no idea what you just said to me. Okay, we'll go back in your office and keep doing that until you can explain it for them. But once you have that clarity of B, then just get out a piece of paper and say, okay, what, what do I need to go achieve that? And do I really have that knowledge and experience, that wisdom? And if you don't, then go find it. And there's lots of ways to go find it. And then we have our methodology, but there are, I, again, I would argue there is the swim lanes of wisdom and virtually everything that we need to go do. Um, yeah. There's really not a lot of net new stuff, quite frankly, but you just got to have the ability to go find the people and be persistent. We like to facilitate stuff in a certain way that extracts it and people really enjoy the experience. But that's why if you looked at our stuff, we trademark the term rapid cycle learning is I think part of what's broken in this whole model of learning and development is the speed at which we transfer the wisdom to get the stuff done. It's not that we could yeah. never get there on our own, but it's just speed is a big issue. And this goes really fast. And, and again, just think about it. I could take either of you right now, if we had time, and demonstrate it. You two have swim lanes of wisdom that you've accumulated over many years, and within a very short facilitated conversation, I can extract that from you pretty quickly and enough to go get me to point B. It just doesn't take as long as we've made ourselves believe. We, you know, it doesn't yeah. take quarters and quarters and years and years. And, and that's really lasting on this. That's how I fell in love with this business model was I was trying to build a whole digital platform and company within a big old legacy insurance company. It was super hard. You want to talk about stuck. I mean, I was real stuck. And I was spending yeah. money. We were buying stuff. I'm hiring people. Still stuck. I had consultants. Still stuck. And it wasn't until we formed our little advisory board with these four wise people. And the only characteristic they had was they had done before me everything we were trying to do. 
So in about seven months, we built an entire digital company that became the fastest growing part of a really big company. And it just blew my mind. It really changed the way I thought about learning because it changed the trajectory of my company, right? And it did that by changing the trajectory of the individuals, me and my senior team. And that's kind of why I never looked back on, on this whole concept. Yeah. So, so, so Michael and I are um, HR practitioners yeah. uh, by trade. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of our listeners, well, I don't even know if it's most, many of our listeners are certainly sure. HR professionals, learning and development professionals. What, what are the challenges and the opportunities faced by HR folks, um, you know, people strategy professionals, yeah. learning and development professionals? You know, they're mm-hmm. swimming in their lane. Um, yeah. How do they contribute to this? What, where, what have you seen sure. them bring to, to these discussions? Yeah, well, first of all, just full disclosure, I'm completely biased. I think one of the most important and arguably one of the most underutilized function is the CHRO role and the, the team that's represented there. And I'm very biased that amazing CHRO and her team really helped our partnered with our businesses to get the kind of growth that we got. So I'm completely biased on the topic, but I also think (laughs) this audience has the most upside on the topic that I'm sharing with you. Mm -hmm. And here's why. I mean, if you just look at the pure data, and this is is very recent data out of of Harvard, I mean, $359 billion spent on L&D, 75% dissatisfaction by managers, 12% employees that actually say they apply the new skills learned by L&D. Right? Those are shocking numbers. And what I would say is that gives us a lot of upside to do something a little different. And so in our work, we've tried to correlate, like, well, why does this wisdom methodology stick and carry forward? And, and, and here's a simple concept. And, and, again, I don't know the answer, but I have a pretty strong hypothesis that this is how we were supposed to learn. We were supposed to learn from wise people that have gone before us and what if we could do that in a highly facilitated format just to move us more quickly on how we do our job better and how we're a better successor for the next job? Um, and, and so we got so passionate about this, we actually took the same methodology we used to build these boards that I talked about on the company's work, and this is how we're changing the trajectory of individual leaders, is actually building these learning ecosystems for individual leaders. Right? And instead of populating it with coursework, which is fine, again, I'm not anti any of that, or sending them to Harvard for two weeks, that's fine too. But we populate those learning gaps for an individual with other individuals that have already done that job incredibly well. And then facilitating that transfer of wisdom is the secret sauce. And again, how, it's amazing how fast these leaders change their trajectory by having people pour into them. So over the course of whether it's six months or a year, if you've had a dozen people that have done that role or the role you're a successor for, and they've done it incredibly well and they're pouring into you, um, you're going to be a different person. And so that's why I think there's just tremendous upside for the L&D groups with this type of methodology. That's a great discussion. We have just about three minutes left, Craig. Um, Okay. So... um, so two things, any last, you know, one last point or idea that you'd like to share with listeners and then tell us where people can find you or, you know, your, your sort of your resources sure. if you want to deploy the model. So let's, let's go down that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last thought is, um, and again, this the circle back why I'm doing this. I mean, I'm, I'm you can probably tell I'm pretty passionate about this methodology, and and I just want to encourage people that when you're stuck on really hard stuff outside of the core the hope out there of finding people that have done this before you that, again, have that unique combination of knowledge and experiences, wisdom, quotient I talk about, is mm-hmm. a game changer. And I promise you that if it's facilitated correctly, you will move the needle on whatever you're stuck on. And, again, I can say it from three years of experience now and lots of different across almost every topic. So I just want to encourage people that there is hope because it does feel hopeless sometimes when in those roles <laughs> we're stuck. It really does. It's a lonely. I mean, they say it only at the top, but it is. So I just encourage people, as far as finding me, the best places, our website is gxg.co. That's C-O. Uh, is the best place. We share most of our content out there. I want to be really transparent, again, because I just want to help folks that get stuck on hard stuff. So a lot of our content is out there. Um, pretty active on LinkedIn. If uh, We put a lot of our content up there as well. And then um, in April, shameless plug for our book, we have a book coming out that really um, uh, talks about really what I just described. And you'll never guess the title of the book. It is Unstuck. So uh, <laughs> you know, if you're interested in the topic, uh, you can reach out to us um, in any of those ways. Awesome. Well, th- thanks for joining us today, Craig. Yeah. We're, we're down to the last 30 seconds. It was a fascinating conversation. Sure. Well, thank well, you guys. Thank thanks, Robin and Michael. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, you very thank much. You. Take care. All right. And we, we have another show tomorrow where we're going to talk to somebody who went through the 9-11 crisis. And we're going to talk about maybe some ideas about how HR people can deal with the coronavirus. So if you're listening in and want to join us, uh, hit us up at 1 p.m. tomorrow Eastern time. And Craig, uh, let's stay in touch. All right. Have a great day. Love, love it. You too. See you guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.